Coming up today on the Lockdown Hornets podcast, we put our polls out for Region 4, the next two matchups, and our greatest moments of all time in Charlotte Hornets history bracket. A random Bobcat makes an appearance. We talk about P.J. Washington's second or first all-team rookie chances and this. How did you pronounce that? Ajansa? I think it is Ajansa. I thought it was Ajinsa. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. I don't know if I should be flattered by this, but one Doug has takes flying during meditation time. He's got some thoughts that he's thinking up. I don't know what kind of nirvana that you've reached in quarantine time meditating, but I like your thoughts that you're putting out there on Twitter. One of them affected me, apparently. Now, I don't know if this was during meditation, but you saw a video that was circulating on social media of Jim Nance, and he was doing a feature on the Utah Jazz and young Utah. Like, there's some guys in that hot tub (laughs) that I didn't even know who they were, except John Stockton, of course. Hot tub time machine. Jim Nance, very young in this... And you put it out there. You quote tweeted the video mm-hmm. and you said a young Jim Nance or a current day Walker male or a present Walker male, Bobby, who I've worked with at the station and some uh, in some way as an intern or a coworker since 2013, he put the Chris Pratt parks and rec GIF where Chris Pratt looks at the camera with his mouth wide open kind of like a euphoric moment. Like, oh my God, yes, Jim Nance, young Jim Nance does look like Walker Mail. Uh, our friend at Charlotte Sports Despair, I think, did the Spider-Man meme where we were pointing at each other. It was the same exact thing. You think I look like a young Jim Nance, Doug? And the, the, the biggest question I have for you following that is, is that a compliment? That's the question I have. You had a lot of questions in there, so let me take them one at a time. Uh, first, I did not see that while in meditation. Uh, In fact, I think looking at Twitter, I had this thought today as well, looking at Twitter is the opposite of meditation. It is is not calming in any way. It gives you no clarity. In fact, it does the opposite. It only muddies your mental waters. So I have to, I don't know why I said waters weird like that. Waters. Or tea, huh? It's, yeah. Um, <laughs> meditation. Um, so that I do the meditation just to balance things out, to bring balance and order to my world, because I, I'm forced to look at Twitter for a variety of reasons. And uh, so those are the opposite thing. But I think meditation has given me clarity. So when I do see something like that on Twitter, I am more aware of it. And I was aware that young Jim Nance looks like you. So that's that's the second thing is I don't think young Jim Nance looks like you. He does look like you. You are doppelgangers. In fact, if you were related to Jim Nance in some way, if Jim Nance is actually your father and you've been adopted all of these years, I would not be at all surprised if if Jim Nance had a secret child, love child, and Walker Mail was it. Okay, so I'm just going to say that, speculate that, put that out there. Third... Third and five. My mother. All right. Indirectly. Okay. Third and five. I didn't say she. That's what I said. I wasn't. I wasn't insinuating anything about your mother. That's why I threw the adopted in there. I think. You know. You got to. You got to be cool. Go, mom. Right. Jim Nance is cool. So the third and final thing is that the response that I got to the tweet from people that know you best uh, indicates that I was correct in this. 
<laughs> Bobby certainly was a big fan. How about the flow that he's got going on though, right? Like the lettuce up top, it's long hair. If I were to look like young Jim Nance at any point more in my life, I mean, it, it would be now because of the way that my hair has grown because of the quarantine times. You have been experimenting with growing your hair out for quite some time. You didn't need quarantine to do this. You've just been preparing for this moment for the last two years or so. I myself have not had hair this long since I went through the unemployment phase graduating or graduating college. I had that about six months and I was like, you know what? I need to go find a job to cut my hair. And I perhaps by coincidence, by no coincidence, I was able to finally get back with the station at 730 the game. And here I am. I'm trying to get my way out, though, apparently with the way my hair has grown recently. Well, and apparently you didn't think that you did look like young Jim Nance. And I, I feel like that's a phenomenon generally that whenever someone says you look like someone, you immediately deny it. I don't know whether that's just some sort of mental block that we can't see what others see in us, that they see us in a different way than we see ourselves in the mirror. I'm not quite sure. A lot of people tell me that I look like Matt Damon and I'm like, guys, I appreciate yeah. it, but I don't see it. I have been asked for my autograph one time. Did I tell you this? I think I've told this story on the podcast before. Wow. No, that's huge. What, what now? Who did they think you were? I was in the Atlanta airport and there was this older couple, uh, older couple. I can't speak either. Older couple that was just walking through the terminal and they look over at me and I'm just sitting down. I've got my hat backwards. I'm chilling, waiting for my flight. And then they stop and they start talking about me pretty clearly. Right? Like I was, I was, it was pretty apparent that they were looking at me and speaking about me to each other. And then they just stand there and I kind of see them, you know, just out of the corner of my eye still listening to music. Then they start to approach me and I'm thinking, all right, what's going to go on? I don't know if they want some help or something like that. I have no clue. And so the older man comes up to me and I pulled the ear pod out and he, he says, excuse me, sir, can I have your autograph? And I tell him I, Sure, I doubt it's worth much, but yeah, that's fine. Wait, He's hold like, it. Can I pause you there? So, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> before you even, I, I love that before you even try to evaluate the situation and find out why someone is asking for an autograph. I mean, if someone asked me for an autograph, I would be, I would say clearly there has been some kind of mix up because I have not achieved the level of status that would warrant someone wanting an autograph from me. Uh, but I love that your immediate thought is sure. Yeah. Hand over the pen. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready to dish it out. I doubt it's, I, I acknowledge that I doubt it's worth much. Clearly my ego was some, okay. But even a celebrity there. would say that in a self to, in, in a obligatory self depreciation, they would say that. Uh, I thought that it was real. I was just keeping it real. I didn't think it was worth much unless you, uh, unless you disagree, unless you think it might be worth a little bit more, by the way, this is, this is probably, I think I was in college. So I would have probably been, man, I might've been a sophomore, a junior in college when I was asked this. So anyways, like I was saying, I said, I doubt it was worth much. And then he's like, wait a minute, sir. Aren't you Andy Roddick? Thought I was Andy Roddick, the <laughs> tennis player. He wanted the signature of Andy Roddick. And instead, no, I'm sorry, I'm not. He's like, well, you look just like him. Did you know that? I was like, uh, no, not really until now. Thank you very much, though. I appreciate it. I would have loved if the person actually came up to you and said, you look like a 10-year-old Jim Nance. 
and I would like your autograph, sir. Uh, no, that's 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 really funny. Um, I I just I'm amazed that you were just ready to sign the autograph book immediately. You should have done what Michael Jordan did to the guy in the documentary. You remember back in I believe it was episode one where that's somebody to get this guy away from me, this peasant, get him out of my presence. Well, he didn't have to say anything. That was the thing. It was was just the look, the look down towards the peasant that said, get this, get this thing that you're putting in front of me. I don't know what this is. Is a pad of paper? Is this a napkin? Get this thing away from me. You can follow Doug on Twitter at Doug Branson, LOH, with that quote tweet of the video of Jim Nance to see if it actually looks like me. You can follow me on Twitter as well at Walker Mail. And my actual meditation thoughts. (laughs) Follow our station handle. um, I should say our show handle on Twitter as well at Lockdown Hornets. And there you can find us uh, tweeting out the actual um, matchups on our fourth region of the greatest moments of all time in Charlotte Hornets history. I don't have the matchups in front of me. The first one, though, I know we tweeted out. It was the matchup of the Kimball Walker franchise scoring record um, captured from him against the Cleveland Cavaliers. The moment that he became the leading scorer in Charlotte Hornets history, a number one seed, it drew Al Jefferson's third team All-NBA selection. Ugh. Tough yeah. draw there for Big Al. I mean, Pretty everyone tough. loved Big Al. Everyone loved the paint can. He dominated the paint. He was one of the last of his kind, but he just gets a really tough draw here because people love Kimba in this. Kimba's already won two spots in the in the next, I guess, what would that be? Quarterfinals. Yeah, the other one features Kimba too. And how about this? I Look, early, early going, right? We've only had... The as of this recording, we've only had the question out there on Twitter or the poll out there on Twitter for just about uh, 20 minutes, and we've got uh, roughly that many votes. So it looks like we are getting quite a bit, at least. Um, it's a two. It's a two-three matchup. The second seed in this region is the Hornets drafting Kimball Walker. That's the two seed, and the three seed is Anthony Mason and Glenn Rice being named to the all NBA selection. I, I think one was a two seed. It was Glenn rice was the second all NBA and uh, Anthony Mason was the third team all NBA selection in 1997. So Mason and rice all NBA selections in 1997. That's actually got the early lead dog with quite a bit of votes coming in very early within 20 minutes of this being out. That's the three seed that may be trying to beat the two seed and drafting Kimball Walker. And this is something to me, I would be surprised if that were to hold true. I wouldn't be surprised if the three seed beat the two seed in that matchup. But this whole bracket to me, it's all to me. The semantics have kind of been you talk about muddied waters. I feel like what exactly is a moment, right? Like, is it a moment when we get the results in that Glenn Rice and Anthony Mason are all NBA guys? That's a moment. Yeah. Is it a moment as soon as as soon as it's put out there? Yeah, I that would be tough for me. It's to, the announcement. It's the idea that the Charlotte Hornets have two players selected to the All NBA team, and you know the drafting of Kimball Walker. That's it's a moment. a moment in hindsight. It relies a lot on hindsight. It's carrying a lot of weight in this instance, but you don't know it at the moment, right? Like we know All NBA is damn cool immediately. Kimball Walker, we don't know that that's cool. We thought, I mean, given the top ten picks in the order. Bismack Biombo was cooler, right? Hey, higher prospect, somebody that would have gone to the top 10, number seven overall, pretty awesome, right? Like, so I just wonder, should hindsight carry so much weight 
when we talk about the best moments in history. Well, it didn't carry much weight with the Courtney Lee shot. The Courtney Lee shot in hindsight, not really that significant if you think about it, just because uh, they didn't. Oh, but they, they, they didn't won the game though. Like, okay, it, but they didn't move on to the next series. Okay, I mean, sure. talk about hindsight. It had no histor- It has no historical relevance, and yet it won and it beats the Hornets debuting in 1989, which is, oh, so which is all of the historical <laughs> significance. Right. I mean, no, that I'm not going to disagree that that was not crazy surprising, but at least like we got a game, we got a playoff win because of not a buzzer beating shot, but a go ahead shot. Like the Kimball Walker thing could have been a moment just like Alexis Johnson getting drafted. Like who knew we have no clue. A jo- like, how so, did you pronounce that? A Johnson? I think it is a Johnson. I thought it was, a, it was? A, a Jensa. You went, you went like Johnson, like a Johnson, like a Johnson. And Alexis Johnson. Yeah. When Alexis Johnson was drafted, it could have been that same, that same kind of weight. <laughs> Alexis, Alexis is Johnson. When we selected that Emma <laughs> Walker, it could have carried the same kind of weight in my opinion. And so hindsight carrying a lot of weight in this regard. Go ahead. Uh, l- l- let me tell you this. Uh, if you only have a moment uh, so we're talking about moments right now. If you only have a moment, uh, you don't have enough time to read a book. Uh, but with one of our sponsors, Blinkist, uh, it only takes a couple of moments to read some of the best nonfiction books out there. Blinkist is amazing. It works on your phone, your tablet, or your web browser. Blinkist takes the best key takeaways, the need-to-know information from thousands of nonfiction books, and condenses them down into just 15 minutes that you can read or you can listen to. Successful people like business leaders, they're all well-known for reading lots of books. Blinkist is made for busy people like you who want to get the main points of a book quickly so you can start using that information right away. And with its audio feature, Blinkist makes it easy to finish a book during your commute on your lunch break or while you exercise. 12 million people people are using Blinkist right now, and it has a massive and growing library from self-help, business, health, history books. I'm using Blinkist right now. There's a couple of books on meditation that I'm checking out, trying to get a little bit better at the craft of meditation. I'm using Blinkist to do that. They have the latest titles from bestseller list, as well as the classic nonfiction titles you've always meant to read but never had time to. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books, all the books you want, all for one low price. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash NBA. Try it free for seven days. And you save 25% off of your new subscription. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash NBA to start your free seven-day trial. And you'll also save 25% off, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash NBA. Plenty more on Alexis's Johnson's next uh, on the Locked on Hornets podcast. <laughs> this is Locked on Hornets. You give me a new adjective. God, you're just messing this up. I, you know, I just I spend this some time away from the show, and you're still the same old Walker. All right, yeah, give me a new adjective and give me a plural well, noun. I, well, I, I've already thought of my plural noun now that you mentioned it. How about? Uh, well, I don't even know if this is plural. How about grape jelly? Does that work? Grape oh jelly is the God. noun I was going to get. Plural go. noun. This isn't hard. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. You brought up the last dance. Um, I think you brought up the last dance. We were talking about that. Uh, everybody's excited about the new episodes coming up five and six. It's been fantastic. I've also really enjoyed ESPN showing the NBA finals games, Doug. I don't know if you've watched any of those, 
but the Boston Celtics LA Lakers 08 finals was being aired, I think uh, about a week ago and good old PJ Brown coming in and slamming it home a pretty sick dunk to end the third quarter. And that was the game. I believe the Celtics came back from over 20 points to eventually win, setting themselves up to win the title. Once they went back to Boston, PJ Brown hitting a dunk at the end of the third quarter was awesome. I got hyped for that. And then they were showing the Oh four NBA finals last night, Detroit Pistons, LA Lakers. It's in Detroit game five, Eldon Campbell, comes it just just one step within the three point line hits a jumper wet helps detroit upset the LA Lakers in five games to win the 04 finals and it's just been really cool to see some of these guys i'm not going to say play significant roles in the finals games and in and helping them win championships but they played some kind of role they got real minutes cool to see how about that 2001 hornets front court getting some championship rings uh, as soon as they left that Oh one roster, which is what, which was the uh, most successful, I think postseason team that the Hornets have ever seen. Well, I'd say, you know, it's the only kind of Hornets final success that exists <laughs> is post is. post or pre Hornets final success. Um, yeah, no, that's cool though. Four series was great. I actually listened to that series on the radio because I was at some kind of summer program and we had curfew and so I would watch a little bit on TV and then have to go back to my room and listen to it on, on the radio after, you know, quiet hours, just trying to listen to it quietly. So that was my weird NBA fandom moment. Uh, wake me up when the 2011 finals comes on. That was one of my favorite final series of all time because uh, Dirk was in God mode. Um, it was probably one of the weaker finals winners in, in that 11 Mavs team. Probably 11 Mavs or the 04 Pistons. I think those are the two weakest finals teams. If you didn't have Dirk just absolutely in God mode, I don't think the Mavs are able to take down the Miami Heat. But it was there was so much in that series. I mean, a lot of a lot of great plays and great players. But then you had the added thing where Miami, you know, just sort of thought it was going to be a coronation, and the Mavs uh, had other plans. So I would love to rewatch that series. Well, it, it's cool to see those types of teams. Like Dirk is the guy. It, it's a very a Hakeem kind of performance where Hakeem carries the Rockets all the way to a couple of championships in a row. Clearly the best player, the Whoa. only superstar. Don't bring that. Get, don't bring that Kenny Smith slander in here. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hakeem, even Kenny Smith would not hesitate to tell you that Hakeem dragged that team. Hakeem, he loves mentioning the dream. And he was somebody that brought the, that team all the way to a couple of championships, right? Dirk Nowitzki doing the same thing. And that 04 team, I'd, crazy depth and Charles and uh, not Charles, but um, Chauncey Billups was talking about that. I think in the the ceremony afterwards saying like, Hey, maybe a little bit of a subtle shot against the Lakers who had the four hall of famers on the roster. Once they picked up the mailman and Gary Payton, I said like, none of us are, are star. Like we're not relying on just one player. We're all a team. And you look at that top five, man. I forgot how good Tayshawn Prince was really good. Chauncey Billups, of course, getting the finals MVP all across the board. It was a really good team. And then we'll, we'll see those teams every once in a while. I think the Dallas Mavericks team, though, like that's the last one that I think we've seen without a true uh, multitude of superstars. Like that yeah. was the last one we've seen. And I'm not going to. Well, I mean, you know, what was it? Deshaun Stevenson playing a huge role in in their ability. The There's always like some sneak two way guy in, in, in those finals where where a team where an unexpected team wins. There's always a sneak two way guy like Deshaun Stevenson or Tayshaun Prince that kind of comes out of nowhere and becomes a, a major face. But I'm not going to sit here and tell you to go look at Dirk Nowitzki's finals highlights or his playoffs highlights because I did that last night. And I think that 
the only way to appreciate what Dirk did in those finals is to really watch the full game because in the highlights, it doesn't look flashy what he was doing. You had to, to appreciate Dirk. You had to be watching the game where just he, it was relentless. And I don't think relentless comes through on a highlight package. He was relentless. He was unguardable. He was, you know, they were to really appreciate. You had to see Miami just try all of these different defenses and all of these different players on Dirk. And he would just shoot right over him in the most awkward shots and it was just amazing. I mean, I really, I really just love me some some Dirk. Dirk so watching that 04 finals team, Doug, right? Like it's it's what makes us it's what makes us absolutely adamant that the Hornets need a superstar. Because 04 is not gonna happen again, right? Like 11's not gonna happen. I mean, one guy or really, I mean, and you know, Kobe taking his his team to the final. I mean, he did have Pal Gasol. But yeah, I guess I mean, Gasol is a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I, I, get, I mean, Morrow's. I get it, but it's still, it's one of the weaker Robins that I think, you know, maybe that Heat team that had the weakened Shaq with, with Dwayne Wade in God mode was another example of that. It just doesn't happen very often. No, I, I, it's why we need a superstar, right? Yeah. Like I, I get so frustrated when we try to talk about the Hornets in a positive light and people are here to say, nope, they need a superstar. I'm not here to discuss their long-term success. Okay. Yeah, you're right. If you're talking about championship, then you're right. But allow us to at least get to the playoffs, please. Can we, can we get there before we're talking superstar to win a championship? You know, winning a playoff series would be a big deal. Like getting to the playoffs right now would be somewhat of a big deal. Being in contention to win a playoff series, I think that's that's the kind of crown jewel that we're looking for. Like we're not looking anything beyond that because winning a playoff series would take us as far as we've ever been before. It's the second round of the playoffs. And so I think in the context in which the Hornets are right now, having a good base, having P.J. Washington, having Devontae Graham, that serves as a good base. No, I don't think that they're superstars, right? Maybe maybe P.J. can be like this Paul Millsap type player. That would be great. I'll take that in a heartbeat but it's still not going to be the guy that leads you to a championship. We need that guy and there's no doubt, but I'm ready for like, I, given the context, I think that's why you can look back at the season and think, okay, yeah, man, I feel good. And you know what? It's okay to feel good about this team. Well, also I think it, it really highlights how critical this rebuild is, right? Because as, as uh, you look, it, the national media is not going to cover what the Charlotte Hornets are doing right now. I mean, Devontae Graham has a moment and there's a little bit of interest and PJ Washington's playing well and some of the deeper NBA guys like Zach Lowe will throw some appreciation. But there's not going to be a, a mass national attention to what the Hornets are doing. But it's absolutely critical because if they, Walker, I want you to imagine a scenario where we go through two or three more years of this and we end up with another first round exit. I mean, it's just going to be devastating to the fan oh, base. Sure, sure. So, I mean, they've got to, you know, and, and it puts the onus on Mitch Kupchak to keep hitting in the draft, to find that star somewhere, to make that savvy trade that's going to bring in. But in two or three years, if this team tries to win again and doesn't, it's going to be like, uh, like at, at some point, you, you keep trying to start the car. And if the car doesn't start after a certain point, you go, okay, I got to go find a new car. You know, I mean, that's that's tough to say, Walker, but it's like it's 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 at a certain point they they have to make something happen before it becomes almost just weird that we keep thinking it will. 
You mentioned PJ Washington and Zach Lowe. We talked about that. I want to get to that next segment. Zach Lowe and Chris Herring did a podcast together on the Low Post, Zach Lowe specific podcast, and they put together their all first and second rookie team of this past season. If it were to end, they made their selections. PJ Washington appeared and it was close. Did he make it on the first team or the second team? We'll talk about that next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. But what he showed in Summer League comma, a Euro step into a windmill during a game, end of comma, oh, could yeah. put him on the radar of a radar, excuse <laughs> a me, radar. Of all NBA. Yeah, on the radar. On the radar of <laughs> all NBA fans as a nightly highlight producer. Yeah, you're Charlotte, you're Charlotte coming out there. Yeah, I'm from I'm from uh, Catawba County. Get so, them on the radar. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. It's funny. I got Alexis Johnson wrong earlier. I did notice this yesterday. The eyes as the Raider is what made me think of this. Uh, you said Jahidi White, I believe, yesterday, and it came across like, no, it's Jahidi White. Like, for some reason, the eyes have been the ones to mess us up in the last couple. And I'm usually one to do this constantly, as you just heard. We have a bump of me saying the Raider rather than the radar. Um, also, in these finals reruns, I got to see our boy Hito Turkaloo who I call Turkaglu and was made fun of deservedly. So um, I think that was the first show, man. I might've, that might've been the first show that I ever did as Coming soon as strong. I was a co-host with you. It was certainly extremely early. Um, okay. So Zach Lowe, Chris Herring, they come together, they do a podcast for the low post podcast and each of them reveal who they would put on their uh, first team, all rookie and their second team, all rookie PJ Washington certainly has to be mentioned, right? Somebody that, uh, you got to put him on at least one of these teams for the way that he played this season. But Doug, both of them actually deciding to go with PJ Washington on the second team. And both of them talked about how close they were. Like Zach Lowe actually had PJ Washington on his all first rookie team, but then he put him down to his number one option on the second team. And his reasoning for that was he decided to go with Eric Pascal instead of one PJ Washington. Pascal the rascal. Eric Pascal played very well this season and he discussed like putting a Kendrick Nunn and a Brandon. So Zach Lowe's first team, right? John Morant, Zion Williamson, Brandon Clark, Kendrick Nunn, and Eric Pascal. Those were the five options that he went with. And he decided to go, I think with Eric Pascal instead of PJ Washington, he looked at some of the, I think you look at some of the analytics on PJ, the deeper numbers, they actually didn't paint the same kind of picture of just watching him. Right. And it, it doesn't mean that you, put him all the way off of a rookie team. It's just the difference between him and Eric Pascal making that same spot. And then Chris Herring's first team, Chris Herring goes, John Morant, Zion Williamson, Brandon Clark, Kendrick Nunn, the same first four that Zach had, but his fifth option was Tyler hero. And Chris Herring's reason was Tyler hero. I believe being a part of a winning team, making real contributions to a winning team, right? Like actually being a significant player towards a winning team and putting up good numbers too. That's like, a I don't silly, have- that's a, to me, that's a silly argument in favor or against that? a player because your situation is your situation. I just, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't love that argument. Oh, he played on a winning team. Okay. Well then give, give the rookie selection to his teammates then. Yeah. I think Tyler hero though, actually putting up some real numbers and contributing to a team that's actually playing with, like real value. I think that there's a, okay. Uh, well, that's, I mean, Miami's an organization that, that values talent and doesn't, they have a modern head coach who doesn't, you know, it's not Larry Brown who believes if you're a rookie, you got to like pay your dues. I mean, 
that's that's not an odd yeah. thing for for a player for a rookie or otherwise to play well in Miami. So we're talking about the difference between one spot. <laughs> and I don't know if it's a huge knock against PJ. Uh, yeah, I, I thought that it was fine, right? Like if Tyler Hero and PJ Washington are pinned against each I'm other, just saying Chris Herring is an embarrassment. Yeah, I no, I that's the kind of that's the kind of feeling that I got from you and your boy PJ not being the first team. But I think there is some respect here, right? Like even if he doesn't make first team, PJ Washington being up next for Zach Lowe and then the second guy, I think for Chris Herring who also puts Eric Pascal on the second team but ahead of PJ. There's some real love there, Doug. PJ Washington coming in and playing pretty well, coming in within the first 7 and I believe uh, we talked about Josh Lloyd doing the redraft of this past year's NBA draft. I think PJ Washington, if I'm not mistaken, came in at seven overall. So a top seven pick in a lot of NBA pundits eyes compared to him actually going, I believe it was 12 when he was selected pretty. I mean, obviously we feel good about what PJ gave us. And so, so do other uh, smart NBA minds out there. Yeah, I mean, the thing with Tyler hero is that, you know, it's essentially three point shooting and that's it. I mean, it was a below average rebounder, below average playmaker, didn't didn't give you like crazy stats on defense. I mean, I I don't think he's he's a great defender by any stretch of the imagination. No, he's not good. Yeah. So okay, there you go. Um, with with PJ, I feel like PJ, you know, as a rookie, you you know, you can either have a a really good season or some really good moments or neither. And I I would put PJ Washington in the camp of having really good moments. Like he didn't have an overall great season. Um, field goal percentage of 45%. You look at uh, Pascal's 50%. Rui is 48%. Um, was an average, you know, PJ was an average rebounder. Didn't really excel there. Um, you points, you know, three-pointers. I mean, he was a, an accurate three-point shooter. There are things that you look at with PJ Washington that go, yes, I have great hope for the future. It just wasn't packed into this rookie season. Um, so that's, that's my take on PJ Washington. I'm fine with him being at five or the sixth best rookie. I think it's pretty clear. Morant, Clark, Williamson, none are your top four. And then you've got a discussion between Washington, Hachimura, Pascal, Hero, White. Um, I, no, I'm not going to throw a reddish in there. I refuse to throw a reddish in there. <laughs> not a reddish fan. Huh? I'm just glad. I love his game. I'm glad he actually came on as the season went on. Like I did not want this to be another disaster. Uh, I'm just glad that he actually was pretty solid as the season started to go on. And, and I'll say this too. I mean, I think that PJ Washington probably hit the wall harder than maybe any other rookie this season. And Zion gets the benefit of not even having to to um, you know get near that wall, right? So, mm -hmm. like, I think PJ hit the wall, and I mean, he slumped, and he slumped really hard. I feel like he hit two walls, didn't he? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> he two rookie walls this and year. So, and so that's going to bring the overall numbers down. But so that's what I'm saying. If, if you're looking at PJ Washington and you're looking at the whole picture of the rookie season, I think you're missing – you're actually missing the picture because I think there are, there are moments and there are particular stats that say to me, hey, this kid has a chance to really be special – into the future. Look, there's going to be people that wanted Brandon Clark in this draft. I mean, yeah, I, I wanted Brandon Clark, right? I was a huge fan and there's going to be people <laughs> like that. Um, I'm just really smart and other people just aren't as smart as me. And I get well, no, that. Hold that. You listen, if you want to say, just say, I want to, no, here's the thing. This is radio fun. Walker. You, you know, is, this is ahead. radio Walker coming out and saying that you say, people wanted when really you just want to say I wanted, but you don't no, want to see true. There were multiple people that wanted Brandon Clark. There were multiple just people say that you wanted Brandon, Brandon Clark. Clark. 
There were multiple people that wanted Brandon Clark. But my point was before you tried to <laughs> smear it was that there's not going to be the player that you constantly compare to PJ in this one. Like there were the past two draft picks, right? Like there's not a Donovan Mitchell to miles bridges. There's not the Donovan Mitchell no. to PJ Washington. You know, there's not the SGA to no, it was, it was what PJ we, Washington. it was what we all thought it was going to be. It was jaw. It was Zion. There were a couple of surprises, you know, in Kendrick and Brandon, but as you said, not uh, Donovan Mitchell level surprises, but it was basically jaw Zion and everybody else. Well, no, that's not my point. My point being that my point, well, my point is better. And I promise (laughs) if you listen to it, you'll agree. No, my point being that Malik Monk was drafted instead of Donovan Mitchell. And we'll always have that comparison. And that'll always suck, right? Like miles bridges was drafted. In fact, SGA was drafted and then you traded him for miles bridges. And so that's always going to be a comparison, right? It's always going to be a mistake for Mitch Kupchak unless miles improves dramatically and SGA uh, depreciates in value pretty dramatically. That's always going to be a comparison. That's always going to be a miss by Mitch Kupchak. It's always going to be a miss by Rich Cho when he drafted Malik instead of Donovan Mitchell, who Steve Clifford was begging for, right? Like it was close enough to where I think we can compare those two players. There's not a player I think that you compare to PJ Washington, especially with how he's worked out. You're saying, man, if we only would have had that guy that I feel like we were so close to drafting. And that's what I'm happy about. Like we don't have to look back in hindsight and think, man, if we only would have drafted this one player, this organization would be soaring. That's not what you're doing with PJ. And I think that's a big moment for us, considering that was not the case. The two previous drafts. I'm just looking at these uh, NBA rookie stats. I'm really surprised. I mean, I wasn't huge on Nikhil Alexander-Walker, but I mean, his stats are not good. Oh, I was. I'll take that one. You want me to miss? You want me to be, you want me to you want me to own up to something that wasn't exactly positive? I really liked Nikhil Alexander-Walker. And he listen, he's got a long career ahead of him. I'm not I'm not saying that he can't be a great player, but I remember like the first couple of games he came out blazing. I mean, he was shooting everything and missing well, everything. Summer League. He was awesome in Summer League. He was yeah. fantastic. Yeah. And, uh, and then apparently just was not very good anymore. Jackson Hayes, I think actually doing a pretty decent job this year. That's your boy. I know that was, did he get your draft rose? I know you were very high on Jackson or no, it was bowl bowl. I think that who, who got your rose? <laughs> was it bowl bowl or was it Jackson Hayes that got you? Oh, I had plenty of roses to go around. Uh, Jackson <laughs> got one bowl bowl got one. Um, I was a big Rui fan. Rui you were a big Rui fan. Yeah. Kobe White, obviously. I knew he was out of the range. Darius Garland struggled this year. Yeah, Kevin Porter Jr. looking pretty good. Brandon Clark looking good. Those were the two guys that I wanted. Uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, also a guy I was high on. And <laughs> R.J. Barrett exactly- struggled hard. Whew, man. Oh, yeah, for sure. R.J. Barrett not exactly doing the best this season. All right, that'll do it. Uh, a haphazard show from Walker Mail and Doug Branson here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Make sure you vote on those polls. Go to Twitter and go to our handle at Lockdown Hornets, and you can see a couple of the matchups that we put coming from Region 4. We'll be back with you tomorrow for a rewatch. Um, I don't know exactly all the details that are coming about. I don't know what game we're going to watch. But we're going to find something. I don't know if David Walker is going to join us, but it'll at least be Doug and I. So that's got to get you excited enough. So we'll be back with you Friday. Don't know what game, but you can tune in with the rest of us. What does haphazard mean? Is that good? 